And I'm thrilled that you're here this morning. I'm glad you made a priority to be here. It's encouraging to see each and every one of you, even if you're not smiling, I'm glad to see you. And uh, it's appreciated so much. And I'm sure your little ones and the youngs, ones young at heart are pretty, getting pretty excited. Uh, I'm getting the constant countdown of how many more days. Actually, it's almost going into hours now before the uh, paper goes flying, you know what I'm saying? And uh, there's been some rather stern looks and uh, rebukes in some homes, I'm sure, of don't touch the presents if they're out and things of that nature. And uh, this past week, I've been reading some stories about Christmas and uh, I came across one that was really, was really good. I really liked it and I want to pass it along to you this morning. One night, a, a man and his son were walking down the streets of a city. This was during the Second World War and the child was delighted to see so many service stars hanging in the windows of the home uh, that was designed by the government to represent the men or boys who were from that home serving in the military. And each star probably claimed, you know, the fact that the son was serving overseas and the boy was very excited to see uh, those things and uh, understanding he did not understand all what that meant, but he was excited to see it. And uh, he was even more impressed when there was more than one star. Now, obviously, that's the United States and Canada. During the war, we had a maple leaf. So the same idea, just representing of boys and men off to war fighting for our country. And uh, so the father was telling the son what all that meant. And they came to a gap. So you can think it was probably a big city. Uh, came through a gap between the houses and through the black of the night there was a star brightly shining in the night sky. And the little boy said, Oh, look, Daddy. God must have given His Son for He has a star in His window too. I thought about that and he's like, Yeah, He gave the greatest gift. He gave the greatest gift. He gave His only begotten Son for us. I look over at Matthew chapter number 1 and we're starting verse number 18. Matthew 1 and we're starting verse number 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. To take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a child, and a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bid him, and took unto him his wife, and he and he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we come this morning, and Lord, uh, we look for encouragement and understanding even more of the Christmas story this morning. Lord, I pray you open our eyes to the truths that lay within your scriptures. Now, Lord, help us to be, Lord. Desiring to be more like you. Lord, I pray you watch over us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Every year during this season, right, there's all kinds of Christmas programs about the Christmas story and uh, various characters of the Christmas story. People like Mary and the shepherds, the wise men, who didn't show up until 
you know, a lot later, right? You, know, you don't know they didn't show up that first night. We're going to talk about that next week. We'll talk about that on Sunday morning. But at any rate, and even the sheeps and the donkeys and the turtle doves are all portrayed and reacted, uh, reenacted every year, year after year. And there's always one fellow in the Christmas story, Joseph, right? He's always there. But he never says much, does he? And I'm not uh, shaming anyone who does Christmas stories and does not give Joseph long parts or anything. But he doesn't say much. He might have a line or two, but he brings no gifts, he sings no songs, and he makes no speeches. He's there. He stands there in his sandals, his robe, and maybe the director has told that child or that individual to hold your hands in front of you, Joseph. And in the scene, we watch the scene unfold before him. And, that, and that's how it unplays in Christmas stories. And I'll be honest, I have read Matthew chapter 1, I do not know how many times. And, uh, and I'm convinced that Joseph possesses certain elements in his life that really stand out to us. And they should stand out to us at Christmas time and every day of the year. I mean, he was involved. And characteristics, uh, you know, I don't know where you're from, and since I don't know if this word would be used the same way, but where I'm from, a character can be taken in a couple of different contexts. Like a character, he's got good character, that's a good person. Or he's a character. Do you notice the difference? He's a character, you know, and, you know, he's up to something, you know, not really bad, but he's, you know, he's a case. That's the, that's where I'm from. That's how it would be said. But Joseph's character, this Christmas character, man, he's so much to teach us. Uh, and he, he loved the Lord and we're going to see that. So first of all, we see Joseph's character in verses 18 and 19. We see Joseph's character. And first of all, we see that he was a consecrated man. He was a, he was a just man. He loved the Lord. And that's what it says there uh, in the first 19. And then Joseph, her husband, was a just man. This was a man who lived for God. He loved God. His, his heart was concerned about his walk with the Lord, uh, with Jehovah. You know, he was concerned about that. He was a righteous man. He was concerned about where he was. And we certainly could use a lot more just men and women in our world today, couldn't we? People who are concerned about righteousness. And you can't be a righteous individual without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, we'll get to meet Joseph in heaven. Because he loved God. He followed God. He, he put his tr- uh, trust in God alone. And a personal relationship with Jesus is truly the greatest need, the greatest gift you need to receive this Christmas. Beyond a doubt, it's the greatest gift. And you need to make that decision for Christ if you have not already. He was a compassionate man. So, as I said before, you know, just a few moments ago, I've read this story many times. But you know, as I let it, looked at it this week and, and the weeks pre- previous, as I was planning out what I was going to preach this morning, I tried to put myself in Joseph's shoes as such. Or maybe a better term is in his sandals. Okay? How, how, how would this felt? Just, just think for a moment. You're betrothed, so you're engaged to marry. It's the same thing as legally married, but there's no physical intimacy. There's none of that. And all of a sudden, you discover that this woman who you truly love, okay? Fellas, let's just think about this, man. Let's think about this for a minute. Who you truly love, you've shared your heart with. You know, and some men have difficulty sharing their hearts, right? You know, ladies, you can nod your head if that's the case, but anyway. You know, so he shared his heart with her. He shared maybe his dreams. And I don't know what 
the dream would have been for Joseph in that age. It's totally uh, beyond my comprehension, but definitely would have told her of his desires for her family and going forward and wanting to spend the rest of his life with her. And then he finds out she's pregnant. I thought about that this, this week as I read that. I'm like, I, I can't comprehend the emotions that must have been going through Joseph's mind. The emotions that he felt. It's, it's hard to think about. And, and, and it's hard to put your mind there. And when Joseph hears all these things, instead of being, of being really upset, we don't see any scripture that he was. I mean, I'm sure emotionally he was distraught. Uh, and instead of pitching a fit, he responds in love and compassion towards Mary. He seeks a way to sever the relationship without publicly humiliating Mary. What he could have done is found in Deuteronomy 22. We're not going to go there, but you want to look it up, you can. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 13 and 21, according to the law, Joseph could have had Mary put to death. That's what he could have done. He, that was within the parameters of the law. And at the very least, a public divorce, which would have left Mary destitute financially, and because of the baby, no man would have wanted to marry her, she would have been viewed as a harlot in that day, and Mary's life would have been drastically changed. That's drastically changed, folks. And Joseph just wanted to do what was right by Mary. Now imagine how the Christmas story would have been altered if Joseph had reacted that way. Here's a very important reality for all of us this morning, is how you respond in a crisis reveals a lot about your character this morning. How you respond. When things go smoothly, well, that's it's easy, right? It's it's good. But when things are bad in time of crisis, the character, who you are, comes out. These two truths concerning Joseph's character is a lesson for all of us who want to be used by God. Joseph was used at Christmas, right? That first Christmas he was used, and and I believe he was used going forward as well. But we see that God uses those who have a heart. That's towards Him. That that wants to be tender-hearted. That wants to be pure. And, and those are char- uh, traits that we find in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ too. He was pure, and He had a tender heart. You know, Jesus, though the Son of God, but as a baby, He saw some godly behavior modeled and lived out before Him by His earthly father, didn't He? And maybe this Christmas we need to have a greater tender heart. Maybe we need to have a, a better view, a more view of more greater righteousness in our own lives. Verse number 20, we see Joseph's call. Question for you now. If, ever find yourself in a place in life where you wonder, how did this happen? I mean, it could be a really zany situation or maybe a very serious situation or a very lighthearted situation. I still think about how uh, I, I told Pastor Thiessen that Hey, Pastor Tyson, I really think the Lord's calling me to be a pastor somewhere. I don't know where. And, you know, I need to let you know. And uh, then he turns around and tells me that he believed the Lord was leading them on. Would I be interested in staying here? That, that morning when I went to bring him to Boston Pizza for lunch, I had no idea that was going to happen. You know, uh, one of the few times in life where I was truly speechless. Okay? And, and I'm pretty sure if he, I wish he would have took a picture of me when he told me. Because I'm pretty sure my jaw hit the floor. Uh, but the reality is I was speechless. How, how did this happen? You know, and I still remember phoning my wife and 
I said, uh, honey, you need to sit down. <laughs> and she said, why? I said, you just need to sit down. And she was speechless too. But the reality is things like that happen in life. Like, how, how did this happen? How did we get here? And Joseph deliberates the situation he finds himself in. And, and in that moment, as he's thinking, the Lord spoke to him and placed a call in his life like he had it with Mary. This is a call to great service spiritually. A great call that anyone would be honored to have. But from a purely human standpoint, it would place a weight on this man's shoulders. And it was, it was a call to bear a great weight of shame. And we'll see that in a moment. The person that, that talks about here, but while he thought on these things, so Joseph was not rash. That's a good thing for all of us to be. Not to run in, you know, not to run into a burning building, you know, without understanding what's happening and sit back and think about it. And that's what he did here. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. And in that dream, he says, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And thou shalt bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. The Lord's call to Joseph was designed to help him deal with this hurt and pain. And fears. The angel of the Lord told him plainly that this child growing in Mary's womb was the Son of God. And God was calling you, Joseph, to be the Father on earth for the Messiah. Can you imagine how much that much has changed his mind? Like, you know, just a moment before, he was pondering what he would do and do justly to Mary. And now this? Ever have your feelings hurt? You don't need to raise your hands. I know what's happened. And we all have. I was thinking about a funny story this week in my own life. I, when I was growing up, <clears throat> uh, this guy in grade six, we all went to a small school, so you may, everybody knew each other. And, uh, but he was in grade six. And, uh, he, he liked to bully people. Don't we just love bullies? No, we don't. But this guy was always on me about my sneakers. And I don't even understand. It must have been a really slow day in grade six because I was in grade four. Okay? I mean, really picking on someone your own size there, chum. You know, like, come on. But I remember him picking at me about my sneakers. And uh, I was like, man, what is your problem? You know, stay away from me. And uh, so I remember he was at that for a few weeks. You know, you got ugly sneakers. I think I might have said, you have an ugly face. But at any rate, a few weeks later, my mom, out of nowhere, bought me these. I still remember. Can you remember? There's things in life you remember, right? It's it's so unimportant, but you still remember them. My mom bought me a pair of Reeboks. White and red. Okay. I don't even know if this is the right term, so you'll tell me after, young people, if I get this right. I think they were called high tops, you know. I don't really know if that's right, but I still remember going into school that Sunday, that Sunday, that Monday, and I had my pants way up like this, and I was walking around. See these? Well, I wanted the bully to get lost. But the reality was, you know, it didn't feel good. I mean, I said some things back to him, but it hurts. I mean, whenever someone picks on you, it's not fun. And we all understand the the hurt feelings. I'm so glad that my Jesus helps the ones who are hurting. You know, even before He came, the angel came to Joseph and He, and he touched a hurting heart. 
That's amazing. And there's lots of hurting hearts today, and I'm so glad my Jesus brings balm and grace to the wounded hearts. The purpose. This verse tells us the child's gender is going to be a boy, and his name and his purpose for life. Joseph is told this is a child uh, who would provide salvation from sin. Now, from what I know about Joseph, and we don't have a lot of information about Joseph, but from the Scripture that I do know, he would have immediately known how important this was. Has someone ever told you something really important? You're like, well, that's nice. And you have no idea what that means. Like, you go to the garage and the mechanic's telling you everything, and you're like, yeah, mm mm-hmm, yeah. That's really important. You need to fix it. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Now, Joseph, when he was told this, he was like, wow. This is, wow. And I think he would have been humbled by uh, the task that was given to him. I mean, talk about feeling unworthy and unqualified for a task assigned to you, right? He knew who this was going to be. This was the Messiah. Wow. Then the plan. Then the plan, verses 22 and 23. Now all this was done and might be fulfilled which, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph is told that God is working out his eternal purpose in the lives of Mary and Joseph. God's going to bring about all the prophecies concerning the Messiah and he's going to use Mary and Joseph, you're part of the plan. In all this, Joseph sets a great example. When a crisis arose in his life, he sat back, he dwelt on these things. We're not told specifically if he said a prayer, but I believe that he would have prayed about it, though I do not have any Scripture to prove that. I think he did seek the Lord's face. Instead of uh, reacting harshly and abruptly, Joseph reacted in faith and compassion waiting on the Lord for guidance and for direction. And he was helped by God and he did the right thing. So, boys, teenagers, young men, middle-aged men, older men, I don't care. This is a great example for all of us. This was a man. In our world today, we need to understand what a real man is. And Joseph shows us. You need to lead. This Christmas and every day of the year, be the man. You have right here a great example. Joseph calls also an encouragement to people like you and me this morning. When we consider Joseph, he was a humble character. He was basically a nobody. And it gives me hope to me, to me and I hope to you as well that God can use anyone. Amen? Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you don't have or what you do have. It doesn't matter what's in front of your name or you don't have anything in front of your name. You got no initials. Whatever. God can use you if you'll be willing to be used. Place yourself in the hands of God and say, God, do what with it is you wish. Uh, and in my humble opinion, to be called to be a part of God's plan is an honor beyond compare. It's greater than any call from a prime minister or president or an emperor or king. It's an honor to share, uh, shared by every child of God. God has planned for every one of us. 
Now this morning, God has a plan for you. He knows exactly what He has for you, and we need to be willing to follow it. Let's just think of a Paul's assessment. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, I'll read you a few verses here. And I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who have enabled me, for He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, and who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, but obtained mercy. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Is a faithful saying and worthy of all expectation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy. Then first Jesus Christ may show forth all long suffering for all pattern to them which shall hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. Aren't you so glad for God's mercy and the plan of salvation? that we see that's unfolding here in this portion of Scripture. This is part of the Christmas story. This is the beginning part. And we see how the the plan of salvation is opening up. You know, the final chapter of Christ's coming. It's just about to reopen. And God's using a man who doesn't have anything. He's a nobody. And He takes him on size. I want to use you. Oh, it gives me great encouragement. No, God can use anybody. Joseph's conduct. Verse number 24, Then Joseph being raised from uh, sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bid him and took him uh, unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. When Joseph received his call from God, he, he altered all his plans. He put away all his considerations, all his dreams, all his wants, uh, any of his for conclusions, he simply did and do, uh, went and did what the Lord had told him to do. Now, men like to solve problems. Right, men? Men, are you with me this morning? You like to solve problems. Yeah, some of you do. Others of you, you'll see me in the office after, right? You like to solve problems, men. That's what you like to do. Have you ever had these conversations? I mean, sometimes my wife's telling me something and she's actually prefaces it now. She goes, I'm telling you, I don't want you to solve this. Okay, so then my mind goes to the empty place. Okay, I'm just listening. Okay, Because so often she tells me a problem. Like, oh, I can fix this. Like, in, Now, it's not mechanical, but problems in life, other things, okay? Uh, Joseph, if he was like me and you, would be like, oh, well, uh, maybe, maybe I could do this. Now, this would be a great idea. And, and I should do this over here. But no, what Joseph did was, okay, Lord, I'll do what you tell me. I'm amazed. I mean, there's no record where Joseph was like, now that's not a really good plan. Oh, maybe we should alter this just a little bit. You know, there was no negotiations. He said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. We see that he was very submissive, wasn't he? Very, very simply, Joseph did what the Lord told him to do. We all struggle with that on occasion. Maybe at work. Your boss tells you how to do something. And in your mind, you're like, that's a really dumb idea. And you're smiling at him like, okay, sure. No problem. I'll do it. I remember this one time at work. He's, I'm, I'm a man. I like to think better thoughts and better plans. And so this one time we, at a sewing factory we, I was working at, expanded. So what it was, they bought the unit right next door and they put, blew out the wall and put steps in and, Man, the place was dirty. I mean, it hadn't been used for a while. It was filthy. 
So me and my friend were given the job to clean up this place. And it was probably as big as this auditorium, okay? Like one big floor, and then there were some offices at the back, but they had someone else doing the offices. We had to clean the floor. And, and so just think about this. Two guys with brooms, and this place is like covered like with an inch of dust. So, you, you, you know, I'm thinking, we got to come up with a better idea here. This is, I'm, we're going to be filthy. I'm a sower. I'm not a sweeper. Okay, this is my mind at the moment. And so we're looking around and we duck, we move a little bit of dust and we're, you know, about ready to pass out. I look on the wall and here is a fire hose. Hey, that snort, whoever just did that, that did not even come to my mind. I thought that was a brilliant idea. So we are hauling out that hose. We're like, well, we're going to be smart about this. We're going to start at the back and work to the front, you know, because that's where the door is. And we'll wash all everything out. So we haul all those. I mean, it must have been like 30 feet of that hose. And we just enough to get to the back. It was like right in the middle. And just enough. And I'm telling my buddy, uh, hey, man. And we, his middle name, well, his, our nickname for him was Kramer. We're like, Kramer, fire that up, man. And I'm just about ready to let the water go. And my boss walks through the door. You know, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, we're cleaning. We got this. And he's like, do you know that that's hooked up to the fire system? The fire department will come. Yeah, it was about that quiet. It was about that quiet. And I'm not going to repeat everything he said to me after that. But let's just put say that the hose went back up on that wall again. And we did it the old-fashioned way. Now, sometimes we can come up with some really good ideas that we think are the best when they're really horrible. The idea here is this. Joseph, he heard God's plan and said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. You know, we see his humility. You know, and this is according to human tradition. There is no biblical basis for this, but uh, according to human tradition, there's three theories that were surrounding Mary's pregnancy. There, one was that the baby was Joseph's. The second was the baby belonged to some of, of, a, of a Mary's secret lover or she had been raped by a Roman soldier. That was the tradition. And any of those situations would have produced a situation that would lead shame to both, right? Yet when Joseph went ahead and married Mary, many people probably assumed that she and Mary, uh, Joseph had not been willing to wait as everyone else was supposed to, to for that appropriate time. And, and that thought continued into Jesus' adult life. Let me read you a verse in John 4, or sorry, John 8. There's another reference to it in John 6.48, but John 8.37 says, They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, If ye are Abraham's children, ye would uh, do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, Now catch this, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. That wasn't even a veiled uh, reference to what they thought Jesus was. They thought Jesus was an illegitimate child. They thought that he was a he, he was a case of fornication. So you think there was some shame? Absolutely, absolutely. And that would not brought you know anything but shame to the life of Joseph. But his his he was like, hey, this is 
This is my adopted son here on earth. I've got to take care of him. I'll despise the shame because it was the joy that was set before me. The Lord called me to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And this Joseph is a lesson to everyone this morning who wants to serve the Lord. Our duty before the Lord is to hum, humble ourselves before God's almighty hand. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. James 4, 6, But he that giveth more grace, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resist the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Regardless of the call of God, places on your life, there will be times when the world, the flesh, the enemy will try to make us ashamed of who we are. And where we stand for as, or, and what we stand for as individual Christians. Yet we still need to obey God. I'm not going to stop saying Merry Christmas. It's about His birth. And I have no problem telling people about it. Yeah, that's why we have Christmas. You know, we celebrate Jesus. And I'm not really sorry if it makes you feel uncomfortable. It's about Jesus. It's all about Him. So we see His obedience without causing a scene, no hesitation or even questioning. Joseph did that what's commanded him to do. Even though Joseph knew right then and there that it would lead to unwanted questions and uncomfortable stares from people in that community that he would live in. You know, in big cities... You know, we kind of, uh, there's, there's a disconnect, right? It's just everyone's so busy and we don't know. Well, I'm sure there's some neighborhoods where everybody knows what the neighbor's doing in the big city, but it's not the same as in a small town. I remember this one time, Christmas time, I, I went to the, we lived in a small town, like, um, 5,000, a little less than 5,000 people. I went to the, the grocery store. We had two grocery stores in town. Okay. So I went to the one closest to my house and I thought I needed onions for a Christmas dinner. So I was picking up some onions and as I was walking through the, the store, I saw some people that I knew and greeted them. Listen, the town that small, you're going to see people you know every day. Alright, and so the lady said, hi, how are you? And blah, blah, blah. And, oh, you got some onions. Yep, yeah, I got those. Yep, mm-hmm. And, uh, then we parted. I came home, like not, I'm telling you, not even ten minutes later. Pulling the house and bringing the few groceries and my wife's like, so how much were the onions? How'd you know? <laughs> How'd you know it was at the grocery store? I didn't tell you. She goes, oh, that lady phoned me and told me. Really? Yeah, yeah. She said, we had a great chat. I'm like, this is weird. You know. But the reality is, in a small town, that's what happens. There's that connection point. People talk and probably talk too much. But anyway, we're... Okay, so imagine in Joseph's situation and Mary's. As they walk through town, they know they're not married yet and she's holding that baby. And, hey, hey. We've all seen it, right? We, sometimes we might have been on the side of saying it about somebody else. And, but he said, yes, I'll do it, Lord. I'll take the unwanted points and whatever it is, I'll take it. And what a lesson for the child of God. Uh, often the voice of God will come to us and, 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 you know, He's telling us to do something. I'm not talking about an audible voice where you're in your bed and you hear something. No, you, you know, the Lord is leading you to do what's right. And we hesitate. These were maybe a little bit 
Oh, I don't know how that's going to work out. Instead of responding in obedience and being swift about it, we hesitate. Let's learn the truth that obedience to the Lord is far more blessed than anything else we can give or do for God. Is obey Him. And Samuel said, Have the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the uh, fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness uh, is the iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected thee from being king. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. Obedience is what the Lord desires from His children. This Christmas, He wants us to be surrendered to Him. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He wants you to surrender your life to Him. To, to obey Him and, and, and follow Him. You know, and the reality is we choose to obey, don't we? No one else can make you obey. You're the one who decides to give the Lord that gift of your obedience. He was surrendered. He was all in. Verse 25 tells us that Joseph was a man who was willing to place the will of the Lord ahead of anything else. He respected Mary's virginity until after Jesus had been born. He, he, it was inconvenient, but he said, no, I'm willing to raise, lay aside that right. Uh, so he would honor the Lord. What a great example for you and for me. And the more I had studied out Joseph, I mean, I had studied him before, but as I studied for this sermon, I keep coming back to Joseph was a man. And and I want my children to see the example of a man, and he's a man I can show them in the Word of God. He was a man that followed God. He he showed great character. He was no crybaby, demanding his rights, or upset that things were so hard for him. He said, "Yes, Lord, I'll follow you." There's no doubt that he would have had rough hands and rugged strength to be a carpenter. Uh, I, I can remember as a kid, my dad, he did carpentry work, still does, and he worked in a shop. And my dad's hands were always callous. Okay? And there's dirt in them, and, you know, it was always rough. And I, I can remember going away for vacation for like a couple of weeks, and he was just finally getting the dirt out of the grooves of his hand, you know, bedded deep in there. And then he'd go back at it. And I kind of get the same idea with Joseph, that his hands would have been rough. I mean, there was no gloves in that day. I mean, he was all scratched up and, you know, maybe he broke a finger. Who knows what he'd done in, in those days? And the reality is the hands are not so important as the amazingly tender heart that Joseph had. As I read his story, that's what I see more and more. What an amazingly tender man for his future bride and more importantly for the Lord. I'll follow you, Lord. I assure you there, there will certainly be times when doing God's will is not easy. Uh, I'll be honest, there's been times... Uh, I remember moving here eight years ago. I can't say I was over the moon about moving to Brampton. No, I, it wasn't like I'm one of my top ten places to live in the world. But God had a plan, amen? Had a plan. It wasn't the most convenient, but God's plan. I was, I'm so thankful today that I followed His will. I can think of other times when my wife's been ministering to ladies, and these ladies got these babies who are screaming their heads off. 
And so my wife's trying to minister to them. So guess whose hands are open? Mine. So I get this baby who's yelling and screaming. And I gotta walk around. It's like, please stop crying. Please stop crying. You know, but I'm so glad that my wife was, has the heart to minister. Because it can be convenient just to say, no, forget it. We'll go do something else. However, doing, you know, it might not be convenient, but it's always right to do what God called you to do. We must come to a place where we lose our, our will. We, we surrender. That's what, that's what Joseph did. He surrendered and said, no, I'm not, not mine, yours. We must come to a place and surrender our will to the Lord. It would be a wonderful testimony of our lives if we could be said that we surrendered our plan without, our plan for our lives to God and said, without reservation, without compromise, we will do what God wants us to do. And you know what the reality is? That's a big part of the Christmas story, folks. Because didn't Jesus surrender to come here to this earth? He's, he submitted to the will of God, the plan of God for salvation. I mean, that's a huge part of the Christmas story. The Christmas story is that's not about a babe in a manger. He had to come, and we're so glad he did. But as the cross is the end of the story, the part, the best part of the story, the cross and the resurrection, and that he lives. He lives today. You know, eventually Mary delivered her baby on that great night. Joseph did as he had been commanded. And he held in his arms the Creator. Can you imagine that? He held the Creator in human form. Understanding what lay before and understanding the dream that we have just looked at and the communication that was there. And he called his name Jesus as he was told. Now this Christmas and this year and every Christmas, you know, in Christmas plays and programs and all around the world, Joseph will be there and Mary will say some things and he might have a line or two and the shepherds will come and the angels will appear and it'll be great. But just think about, I want you to pause and think, you know, he was a great Christmas character. He did what the Lord told him to do. He stands out to me as one of the greatest Christmas characters. Hey, the shepherds coming from the field, they, they didn't have to worry about any shame or what people would say about Him. They just come to worship. Oh, Joseph is one of, the great, one, one of the greatest characters of the Christmas story. Because he teaches us a lesson about obedience to God and surrender to God. Now, this morning, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's, that's your first step to have a great Christmas. Amen? That is the first step. And I'm so thankful that anyone can come. Jesus died for all. All can come. And if you got any questions about it, if you're concerned about that, you're not known for sure, we would love to talk to you and let you know beyond a shadow of doubt how you know to be saved. But it's your choice to accept that gift. And maybe this Christmas... Christian, you made that choice. You you said, yes, Pastor, I, uh, I made that choice whenever it was, years ago, or maybe recently, whatever the case. Let me encourage you to, to learn from the lessons. Look at the example of Joseph and be willing to obey God and to surrender to Him. To whatever God's calling you to do.
And it's just not at Christmas time. I mean, that's when we hear most about Joseph is Christmas time. But just not at Christmas time that you obey and follow and surrender to His will. But you'll do it every day of the year to follow Him. Great Christmas character. But the greatest character of all is Jesus of the Christmas story. I encourage you to know Him and to fall in love with Him once again. Let's pray.